Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I'm Colin, here with Joe. Who is the 101? And we have a week 12 recap. Let's chop it up. Hit us up at Pod Firestarters on Twitter. Email us at thefirestarterspod at gmail.com. We want to get you guys involved. We want you guys to love the podcast. And if you don't, it's your fault because you're not sending us your suggestions. Sorry, not sorry. It is Monday night, 7.34 p.m., November 29th, 2021. <laughs> Joe, what it do? Everybody's hurt. Yeah. Up and down. Every round. It seemed like every single game. And it wasn't just like, oh, that guy. It is the dude for yes. about six or seven teams got hurt. Starting off Thanksgiving. Very key primary players. Yeah. Two of the six teams that played. Going down. Yeah, very, very rough season so far for injuries in general. And top it off with a rough week uh, last week or this week with injuries. And, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on them as we go along, but just like some of the biggest names and especially some of the biggest fantasy names there are just going down with potentially season-ending and season-ending injuries and could be missing two to three weeks. Could be banged up for the rest of the season. I mean, who who really knows the extent of these injuries at this point? It's only Monday night. But we'll see as this goes on. But, yeah, a lot of, a lot of injuries. Looking, looking a little tough. And we'll kind of tell you who you can pick up off waivers or who's going to be filling in for them to get that production and, you know, that kind of stuff. But it has been tough. Yeah, starting things off, the first game on Thanksgiving Day, the beautiful, beautiful game of the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Uh, the game sucked. Uh, Darnell yep. Mooney is really good. Yep. And everybody else in the game was pretty pedestrian. Uh, Cole Komet, though, eight catches for 65 yards on 11 targets. Andy Dalton was going there. He was open in the middle of the field the entire game. Uh, Hawkinson found pay dirt with a touchdown. Um, but the biggest story was Dondre Swift going down with a shoulder injury. Uh, so far, it says unlikely to play week 13. Looks like Jamal Williams will be stepping right into that role. He will be basically the same thing Swift is. Uh, he filled in perfectly for Aaron Jones last year when he missed time. And I am sure... He will be doing the same for Swift because Goff can't throw the ball more than seven yards. Uh, so why not just dump it off to Jamal Williams? Yeah, it's true. I mean, he had five receptions in this game. DeAndre Swift went out after playing 20% of snaps. So Jamal Williams played most of this game. He played 63% of their offensive snaps. Uh, Godwin got in a little bit. Um, but yeah, you're going to see Jamal Williams flying off of waiver wires this week. If you have a higher waiver priority, here's your guy. I mean, he had, 
like you said, he's going to pick up that exact same production. He's going to be getting hella checkdowns because they don't have a receiver outside of TJ Hawkinson that's a, a difference maker. And Jamal Williams will kind of just step in in the screen game and in the short passing game. And that's where Goff likes to throw it. So, yeah, Jared Goff with the classic 21 completions for 171 <laughs> yards. So that kind of tells the story for you. Yeah, and Andy Dalton, he, I mean, he threw for 317, one touchdown, one interception. It was just boring game, ugly game. Lions get to play on Thanksgiving. That's, <laughs> that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Dallas also gets to play on Thanksgiving. Uh, they went down to the Raiders 36-33. Uh, so many penalties. So it, you look up from the eating your turkey and your stuffing, and there's another yellow banner across the bottom of the screen. Yep. You know, you go to get some pie, you come back, yellow banner, and Ed Hockey Lee is on the screen. It's explaining the penalty for you again. It's like... Man, I really wish I could watch these guys that play football instead of the ball getting moved 35 yards down the field because Anthony Brown, I mean, they're pretty egregious pass interference penalties on Anthony Brown, but at the end of the day, it's like, God, I, it'd be cool to just kind of you know watch these guys play. But a lot of good fantasy production across the board in this game. From quarterback to running backs to wide receivers to tight ends even daniel carlson put up 20 yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is it was just an explosion it was the best game on the day by far it was the most competitive game um, but like you said it was really tough to get into it because there was just so much stoppage of play. yeah there's no game flow over no and flow. over and over uh, we've seen uh, Zeke and Tony, Tony Pollard both with 15-plus uh, out of the running backs for Dallas. Dallas was without CeeDee Lamb. He sat with the concussion. Amari Cooper was out again on COVID. Cedric Wilson, big game, seven catches, 104 yards. Michael Gallup, five catches, 106 yards. Noah Brown, six catches, 53 yards. And then Dalton Schultz, like we said, Trade Dalton Schultz. <laughs> trade Dalton Schultz. This is the time if your trade deadline has not hit because C.D. Lamb will be back. He's not going to see these seven targets. He's not going to see these end zone looks, these two-point conversion looks that he's getting right now. So get off of him now while you can. Yeah. Uh, and then on the Raiders side of things, Josh Jacobs had a pretty big day, 87 yards on the ground and a touchdown, added two catches and 25 yards, and then Renfro just had a monster day. <laughs> Eight for nine for 134. I mean, Derek Carr just trusts him over the middle, and especially once Darren Waller went down, he was the main beneficiary. You thought it might be Foster Monroe. He's still got five targets, still a waiver wire target, but Waller's only going to be down one to two weeks considered day-to-day i mean we'll see how it heals it's an it band strain which is not serious i was worried looked like he got it seriously looked, hurt Look, yeah it looked, bad. It looked like could have been something in the knee but glad it's not uh deshaun jackson caught one of the bombs so he had 102 yards on three receptions and a touchdown um but yeah this was a pretty explosive game 
Raiders had over 500 yards of total offense. Uh, yeah, just huge, huge day, huge offensive day. Dallas falls to seven and four. And Micah Parsons can't do it all on defense. Yeah, they didn't get much help from the secondary in this one. It was just, guys were just, like, Renfro was just cutting them to shreds with his route running. Yep. Over and over and over. And they couldn't, they could not stop Josh Jacobs on the ground at all either. So, a tough, tough sliding for the Dallas defense. Uh, one week they can look incredible, and then the next week they give up 35 plus. And it's yep. been a been a common theme. So Dallas Dallas falls to seven and four, and then the Raiders keep their season alive at six and five in a jumbled AFC West. But yep. Dallas will have a chance to bounce back. They play again on Thursday, so kind of sucks. You're only getting that week off, uh, but they do play the Saints, who also played on Thanksgiving against the Bills. And what was a pretty that was a snoozer? Pretty... That was your nap game. You <laughs> exactly, took a turkey nap during this yep. game. If you fell asleep after eating and after watching the Dallas Raiders game, you did not miss a thing. Nope. Was... Uh, yeah, this was Matt, Matt Breida took over the backfield. Zach Moss healthy scratch. Stefan Diggs sevens for seventy four. I mean, this is what you've been looking for all year out of Stefan Diggs. He added the touchdown to get him up over twenty. Dawson Knox finds the end zone twice on three catches. Not a whole lot going on. Nobody in double digits on the Saints at all. But, I mean, Buffalo is firing on all cylinders. They beat up on bad teams. And this was the Saints were just decimated by injury. They have no Kamara. They have no Mark Ingram. They have no Michael Thomas. This is a shell. They have no Adam Troutman, even. Like, this is a shell of the New Orleans of old, and they just kind of got walked all over by a solid Bills team. Yeah, Trevor Simeon did not have that magic. You know, there was no garbage time. <laughs> the Bills made sure there was no garbage time. <laughs> uh, Poyer picked him off with, like, what, six minutes to go in the fourth, and then they even kept the full defense out there. Uh, when the Saints got the ball back with under two minutes, just to just to make sure to keep him under six, and they also lost Tre'Davious White to a what is it, a torn ACL, I think, which is uh, as a big hit to their secondary, yeah. especially see... having to play the Patriots twice. Yes, starting this weekend, which have huge implications for that division. Yeah, uh, the Patriots actually lead that division by one game because the Bills have only played uh, 11 games. Uh, the Patriots have played 12. But, yeah, if if the Patriots split that, how the Patriots are so good. I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll get back to them later. But, yeah, the, the Bills losing. I didn't know that. I didn't see the, the updated news on Tredavious White. It, it's, it's for sure a torn ACL. Yep. So, yeah, I didn't see the updated news on Tredavious White. Uh, that is a tough, tough blow with the torn ACL to lose him for the season. Um, and that that's just another another blow to a kind of suspect defense when they play good teams. I mean, they're really, really good, as you see in this game, against bad teams. 
but against good teams like you saw last week, the Colts, who you can argue if they're good, or but they, they look pretty solid I mean, this week again against Jonathan Tampa. Taylor is yes. good. <laughs> so when, when they're playing good players, even. Yeah, you know. exactly. So this was just a bad, bad draw for the for the Saints this week with a lot of key guys out. Uh, you should be seeing um, Alvin Kamara come back this week. Him and Mark Ingram practiced both yesterday and today. Uh, Tony Jones got 16 carries and only converted into 27 yards. So that's not somebody that you want to be relying on. So let's let's hope that Kamara is back next week and we can get some Mark Ingram action too so they can kind of split it and neither of them have to do too much. And I'm sure playing that Dallas defense, there, there will be a more than enough room to work. Somebody that had a lot of room to work, Cordero Patterson. The MVP. Continues his, his tear. It, he is uh, easily the most improved player in fantasy. Might be the most improved player in the NFL. I don't know if they give out that award in the NFL, but hit another just massive day 16 carries 108 yards two touchdowns he only had two catches for 27 yards in this game but he still had 27 and a half ppr points i mean is like is he pushing into the i have to draft this guy in the first round of redraft next year no <laughs> are you are you sure i i <laughs> well i don't know what the contract looks like that's fair okay for and you assume when Calvin Ridley comes back, he goes back to being the primary receiver. But even if that is the case, he ran 16 times for 108 yards and two touchdowns. So Cordero might just be the running back. He's putting up CMC-like numbers this year with similar usage on the ground and in the air. And I'm convinced... Yeah. He would be the best player in the league if he was on the 49ers. Because what <laughs> Shanahan would do with a player like this would be just otherworldly. The touches he would get. <laughs> the, <sighs> what he would dial up for Cordero Patterson. Cordero is making $3 million this year. He is an unrestricted free agent next year. Who? I Somebody's got to like spend way too much money on Cordero Patterson. So it's going to happen. Somebody's going to overpay for Cordero Patterson and he's just not going to be this good. I could see it. It, it, it just feels like because the Falcons are going to draft a running back. They're going to draft like Kenneth Walker and then they're going to let Cordero walk. Cordero is going to get signed by the Seahawks. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> and uh, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> and he still plays less than 50% of snaps. I know. <laughs> on offense, it just goes stupid. On a just team the... with no other offensive skill players worth noting. No. And he's still... Still getting it done. What Still getting it fucking done. It's so crazy. 16 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns. That's, oh, man. That's just, like, so efficient. I'm, on a half of the snaps, he's just putting up, like, seven yards a carry. Yeah. All right. Shout out. Shout out, Cordero. Cordero. Uh, Russell, Gage, Russell Gage got involved. Finally. 
Yeah, finally. I right the week after I dropped him, uh, freedom from the shackles of the dynasty team. Uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, they can't figure out how to get him the ball still. I mean, the one of the catches he made, he like he was running just a slant out of the slot, and Matt Ryan throws it behind him basically to the defender, and he's got to like reach back, like crank his whole body back, grab it. And then the guy's going to rake the ball away, and Kyle Pitts just, like, manhands it back to his body. And it's like, yeah, this is the kind of guy you're working with. Like, can you please try to get him the ball? <laughs> this should not be this hard. And he only turns out two receptions on 26 yards, six targets. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a shame, but I can't say I didn't expect it. I mean, this team is so devoid of talent. They can just focus on trying to take away Kyle Pitts. And Cordero has been the one that is benefiting most from that. But you would think against a team like Jacksonville, this would be a blow-up spot for Kyle Pitts. But unfortunately, not quite. And then on the other side, like I said, the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, it was 21-14. to 14. Game was still in hand. Trevor Lawrence threw 42 times. For 23 completions, 228 yards, one touchdown. He had a two-point conversion, but he also had an interception. 39 yards on the ground on five carries and a fumble. So he's still turning the ball over way too much. Don't know if that has to do with how awful their offensive line is. (sighs) Yeah, uh, I I actually wanted to keep an eye on this game because I haven't watched Trevor Lawrence enough for good reason because he's on the Jags and they suck. But... His, the the announcer kept saying they would they would cut away after a play and they'd be looking at like the the end zone cam and he'd be like look at all the receivers they're all gloved up every time What's <laughs> and it was so they were just always just completely locked up every play is what he was saying just every time he'd scope out he'd be like look at what Trevor Lawrence is looking at these these receivers are gloved up and that's that's against Falcons secondary, which is probably the second worst, I think, in the league. It's got to be. Pretty close. I mean, they're bad. That team's awful. I mean, none of these wides. We got the Tavon Austin touchdown, you know, filling in for Jamal (laughs) Agnew. I guess Um, it. (laughs) And then Dan Arnold uh, lands on IR with a knee injury. Sprained MCL all three weeks. You hate to see it. Unfortunate. He was the bright spot outside of James Robinson. Who yeah. All uh, right, LaVisca, game. Has LaVisca a available Chanel. to find end zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, James Robinson. What a uh, – three three for four in the air. I like that. I don't like Carlos Hyde touching the ball. Every time I see him on the field, I get mad. But LaVisca Chenault, that's, that's kind of the guy I want to talk about because – there's no receivers here anymore. Nope. And LaVisca Chenault still is not producing. And you see what Cordell Patterson is doing on the other side. You see what Debo Samuel is doing in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of told when LaVisca was coming out that he's kind of cut from the same cloth as those guys. More Debo than, you know, and like A.J. Brown, like that kind of thing. Yep. And he just... I, I don't know if it's Urban. I'm sure he has something to do with it. 
the play calling probably has something to do with it, but there is just no creativity. He's not getting involved in the run game. He's not getting him. He, he, they're throwing him a lot of short passes. That's for sure. Cause he's catching five for nine for 33 yards, <laughs> but it, it does, doesn't seem like they're getting the ball the way that Shanahan is getting Debo the ball and the way that Arthur Smith has been getting Cordero the ball. So I, I want to see LaVisca get kind of these hybrid, that hybrid role where he's running the ball a little bit more and kind of getting active out of the backfield or whatever they have to do. But they have to find a way to get LaVisca Chenault involved because they cannot be relying on Laquan Treadwell <laughs> to run this offense. Like, I feel so bad for Trevor Lawrence looking at these receivers. Like, it's Marvin Jones who's solid. Laquan Treadwell had the most targets on the team. Tavon Austin, who hasn't been good in the NFL, period. Uh, like Jaden Mickens probably played a little bit on offense. Uh, LaVisca Chenault needs to be more involved, is my point. I mean, James Robinson cannot be the only one. Him, like, give all of Carlos Hyde's carries to LaVisca Chenault. Just see what happens. It, nothing's been working for you so far. You might as well try something new. Tavon Austin scored his first touchdown since 2019. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> There's just no explosion to this offense, which at all limits. Like, play action then does nothing because they're not. I mean, James Robinson 17 for 86, but that's nothing, you know, to write home about. Yeah. So it's like. It's not scary. So also James Robinson isn't really like a home run hitting running back either. No. So like there's just no big plays in this offense at all. And that's why they struggle to put points up cuz they yep. the longer they have to try to sustain a drive, the higher the odds are that they're going to end up turning the ball over in the end. Yeah, the that's, higher the odds that Trevor Lawrence is going to have two guys in his lap and he's going to get strip sacked or throw a pick trying to force it into some super tight window. Yeah, tough, tough game. One of the oh. one of the bad. I mean, there were a couple bad ones, but yeah, we can move. <laughs> on, we can move on to another bad one because we got Philly and the Giants and a guy that was forcing into a lot of tight windows. Jalen Hurts, fourteen for thirty-one, got over that twenty-five attempts mark, and they uh, sucked. Threw three picks. Yeah, threw three picks, scored seven points. They were driving late. They had a, a chance. Uh, Jalen Hurts threw a deep bomb to Jalen Rager down the left sideline, hit him in the dome dropped it and then he hit Jalen Rager up the seam hit him in the hands dropped it uh Devontae Smith was livid on the sideline he told Nick Sirianni he said you have to get me the ball and Nick Sirianni's like I love that I love the passion <laughs> and, <laughs> and they proceeded not to get to, Devontae Smith the yeah ball. and Devontae Smith didn't <laughs> touch the ball and that was kind of on Jalen Hurts he kind of went back to his old tendencies where he was really staring down receivers he was thrown late over the middle to tight ends, uh, and that's what resulted in the three interceptions. So just a ugly, ugly game. One of the interceptions was kind of forced at the end of a, end of the half, I believe. Uh, just kind of just threw one to Tay Crowder right to him. Um, but Boston Scott led this backfield, 15 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. If you picked him up and started him, I'm sorry that you are in that situation, but good job by you. Uh, 
yeah, not not much going on on either side, honestly, in terms of fantasy, other than the Giants' defense, who had seven points allowed, three interceptions, a sack, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Moving on. But, yeah, we honestly, let's just move on to Tennessee Patriots because that was a much more interesting game. Uh, just a dominating performance by the Patriots defense once again. Once again, Mac Jones doesn't make the big mistake. Only had nine incompletions. One could have been picked. One was an overthrow, but the rest were just pretty solid throws. Uh, back to the backfield by committee. For New England, Kendrick Bourne is their rack guy. Jacoby Myers is their possession guy. Nelson Aguilar is their field stretcher. I mean, this is more of the same from the Patriots, and they just continue their dominance. They do it over and over, and Nick Folk was booting that thing all yeah. around the yard. Hit one from every level. It was 3 for yep. 3 on extra points. He did miss one. That didn't stop him from putting up 21 fantasy points Sheesh. as a kicker. <laughs> Crazy. Um, uh, A.J. Brown landed on IR uh, last Friday uh, with a chest injury. So they don't think it's season ending. So it looks like he'll for sure be out for the three weeks and then be reevaluated. So this offense turned to... Dante Foreman and uh, Dontrell Hilliard. Yeah. And they both just ran all over the Patriots. But yeah. that is literally all that happened. Yes. So the the Patriots went, basically played nickel this whole game. They're like, Ryan Tannehill, you're going to have to beat us at some point. So they put like Adrian Phillips in at linebacker, and they're just playing with five DBs. They're like, go ahead. Let's see what you got. And uh, Matt Judon was dominant. I mean, obviously, Dontrell Hilliard busted off the big run. But outside of that, I mean, they they had a lot of yards. But uh, Ryan Tannehill did nothing, nothing in this game. He had 11 completions for 93 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He also fumbled. Like, this was a disgusting game. If you picked up any of these receivers to – play for you shame on you i mean jesus you're really starting Des westbrook Akine? come on come on guys this is your your wake-up call take take nick westbrook Akine out of your lineup do it just do it right now Tra- it's just okay. drop him drop yeah. him right you off have, your roster you have now. our permission drop him all right if he scores a touchdown next week hey congrats to the guy that picks him up but when he goes two for five for 25 yards next week, you can thank us. Well, All right. Well, they're on a bye. So, even so, better. So, make. You can forget about him. Make better use of that roster spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drop. Just drop him. Drop anybody that you have on this team. I mean, maybe Dante Foreman, because he's their main producer in the backfield. He kind of looks like Derrick Henry. If you squint, you know, he's got the dreads. He's big. He's got, like, the same accessories. It's like, ooh, if you squint hard enough, and it's like, oh, that, you know, doing his best impression. It's like a guy cosplaying Derrick Henry. That's Deontay Foreman. I would – don't start any Texans, <laughs> Texans, Titans at yeah, all. Don't don't start for, any Texans either. 
Don't start texting. Because <laughs> uh. with no Julio, no Derrick Henry, no AJ Brown. I mean, there's this offense isn't going to be able to do anything because they have none of their top three skill position players. And they they waived Josh Reynolds just because they were like, oh, yeah, we're fine with Westbrook. And now they just have nobody. nobody. <laughs> and they definitely could use Josh Reynolds, who scored a touchdown for the, for Lions. the Lions in in the Chicago-Detroit game. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, just just dominance uh, from, from the Patriots. Consistent dominance. Kind of annoying that <laughs> they're back to doing this, but. Here, here we are. It all stems off that defense. That defense is scary. You got that Patriots defense. You're, you're good. You're getting 10 points hey, a week. Easily. I have, in like three leagues, I have Nick Folk and the Patriots defense, <laughs> and they get me like 32 hey. every week. It's <laughs> just like. Defense wins championships. That goes true. for fantasy, too. See if uh, Mac Jones does. But we can move on to another Alabama quarterback who won a game in a blowout. Tua had 27 for 230, solid Tua game, as the Dolphins won 33-10. to 10. Cam Newton had arguably his worst game as a professional football player a week after he was back, uh, self-proclaimed, and got benched for P.J. Walker. So, yeah, this was big Jalen Waddle day. You'll love to see it. Miles Gaskin, if he scores a touchdown, he's solid too. <laughs> if not, he's averaging sub three yards per carry. I mean, Tua obviously did not have a very good day because he only threw one touchdown. Uh, their defense did all of the work. They only allowed 10 points, had three interceptions, five sacks, a defensive touchdown. Uh Jalen Waddell had the one touchdown, 137 yards on nine catches, and Miles Gaskin punched two in on the ground. So that's where all the points came from. Tua just had to not lose the game. Basically did what Mac Jones does, except not as much downfield work. Yeah. Game managed to a T. Yep, only Cam had four Newton, incompletions. <laughs> Cam Newton sucked. Cam Newton he was did. atrocious. A week after we were saying, like, yeah, he didn't make any bad throws. Basically all – well, it started out with that DJ Moore bomb. And it was like, oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, but, Cam Newton. But this is. was after an interception. Well, yeah. But, you, know, you, you get the one pick. Or was, it the, and it's, was it the pick six? Did he throw a pick six first? Uh, it's possible. He, he might have threw a pick six off the rip. And then from it, that point on. it is It is possible. But – he threw the bomb to DJ Moore, and it was like, okay, okay, we're, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Let's go. We're Cam Newton experience. He's pushing the ball down the field, you know. But he got a little overzealous. Uh, five completions on 21 attempts for 92 yards. Uh, but the biggest story on the Carolina side of things is Christian McCaffrey landing on season-ending injured reserve with an ankle injury. Uh where does this leave us with Christian McCaffrey? Because he was the shoe-in 101 in basically every draft for the last three years. And next year, I 
I, we've been saying JT is going to be 101. JT is going to be 101. But how far do you let Christian McCaffrey slide? Like, given his history of, like, this 25-point-per-game player where now he's got this two-year stretch of ankle injuries that have kept him out. But the thing is, when he plays, he's still that 25 In the three games he played last year, 28.5, 25.8, and 37.1. Exactly. And the 37.1 came after a six-game absence. Yeah. And this year even, the the one full game he played... I was uh, or the one full game after injury that he played was twenty seven point one, and then he had twenty four point nine. Yeah, I mean, and then his first two games he had twenty seven point seven, twenty four point seven until he left with the hamstring injury in game three. So like, that's kind of what I'm wondering is like, are you so worried about McCaffrey that you're staying away from him through four picks? Like, are you letting him slide past four? I, I I have no idea. It's I, like you're taking taking JT obviously, like, and I think that's that's is that that's it? it? Like I you, because you're gonna no, get. It's all gonna be hindsight once you get yeah. to the draft and the start because right. everybody's gonna be healthy, so that's all you're thinking about. And I can't see anybody else. It's just it's just all the receiving work. I mean. 10 for 10, in 9 for 9 first week. Yeah. And then 7 for 8 for 60 yards and touchdown last week. I mean, it, that's what you're looking at. And that's like, right. even if he's still doing that, and he's, if he's not as productive on, a, on the ground, it doesn't matter. He's just, right. he gets so many touches that volume is king. It's you know? true. Volume I mean, is king. And that, that's where it kind of brings me to, like, the, the like, Najee gets interesting. Yeah. Where he's going into his second year, and he has, he plays 95% of the snaps on that offense and gets every touch out of the backfield. And if Kamara ends this season strong, it's like, he, that's interesting. Where he's, if he gets a couple 20, 25-point games, uh, that you start to kind of waffle. If Saquon ends this season strong, it's like, oh, man, but then he's got the same questions that mm-hmm. C-Mac has, and he's put a, like produced even less. I mean, it's 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 an interesting – Cordell Patterson. I mean, he's putting up 25 points a game too. I mean, he's doing the same thing, but his name's Cordell Patterson. He wears number 84, so you're not going to take him top five. No. <laughs> uh, I mean – there's just a lot of guys that are interesting, but I, I agree. I you I don't think you let him go past three if you let him go past two. Like it, because I the only people is JT and maybe Najee. Najee, that's the only and, two people I can get. Yeah. The, the other closest guys, one is Joe Mixon, but Joe Mixon, someone he, I didn't. Mention. He doesn't get that work in the air, you nope. know that these other guys are getting. Yeah. And that's why I think Kamara. Kamara's a, I think, has an argument, but uh, he I think he's hasn't... got the less. He's got way less work on his yeah. body. He doesn't yeah. have, you know, 
quite the miles that these other guys have because he really he he's not so much of the rusher. They get him his work, you know, with a short pass and then let yeah. him do his work rather than just have him coming out of the backfield. He kind of does what Tony Pollard does for the Cowboys, but it's swapped. Uh, the usage yeah, is exactly yeah, swapped. where he's like the change of pace guy, but between like the thirties, the other guys get in the work and like get grinding out the short yards. And then once you get inside the 30, Kamara swaps in, he's fresh and he gets every red zone touch, which is why there was a while where he averaged like one touchdown a game for his mm-hmm. entire career where he just scored every single game. And that was where his consistency came from. And then he was also an incredible receiver added on that drew Brees was a check down machine you know so uh, there there is a lot of question marks in that saints quarterback room too so yeah c-mac 102 (laughs) (laughs) oh big fall off for for the king but speaking of 101 he's back in action and what was an absolutely wild game that all i needed was it to end in a field goal and I win a handsome sum of money, but uh, Playoff Lenny decided to run one in from about 32 yards out to put the game on ice, where he had his Jonathan Taylor impression. (laughs) (laughs) 17 carries, 100 yards, three touchdowns, seven for eight for 31 through the air. I was saying it since last year, go get Leonard Fournette. Because as soon as he got the reins, he is all the running backs that Tom used to have on the Patriots. He's all of them in one. He is the LeGarrette Blunt and the James White all together because he gets all the receiving work. They don't go to the Gio Bernard. They don't bother with the Ronald Jones. They just let Fournette do all of it. You know why? He's really good. Yeah, this I I wanted to give you credit because you're like whoever takes hold of this backfield is going to be a top ten back, and here we are. I mean, I don't know where Leonard Fournette is, but I know it's <laughs> going to be top ten. He's sitting at five. Sitting at right five. Now. So, Leonard Fournette, I just want to remind you, he's only twenty six. Yeah, <laughs> he feels old. He looks old, but he he was. Like, he was one of the best running backs in the NFL coming out of LSU, playing for the Jags on that AFC championship team not that long ago. And he wasn't playing for them. James Robinson came in and took that spot. And they were like, oh, well, Leonard Fournette was just a product of volume. And now Leonard Fournette comes in here, and he's splitting time with Ronald Jones. And LaShawn McCoy was getting some burn last year. And now he's got all the volume, like you said. He's got 17 carries for a buck. I thought he was going to get his fifth touchdown, but Ronald Jones snaked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Leonard Fournette, he's not as old as you think. You probably could have got him for cheap at the beginning of this year because the backfield was pretty ambiguous. But he is a super talented. He runs like a bumper car, and he just – produces in the air it's everything you want out of a out of a running back it, yeah for, i mean obviously this game is best case scenario 44 yeah. points but he's the goal line back 
on one of the best offenses in the NFL. And that's that's what you want to target. That's yep. like Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers is going to be that guy. I mean, Zeke is still really good just because when that Dallas offense gets within the five-yard line, they're giving it to Zeke three times in a row. And yep. Good offenses. A.J. Dillon. No matter. Oh, baby. <laughs> it's just good offenses. You can, even if they're not getting a lot of attempts, uh, their attempts are going to be productive because the defense is going to be playing honest to the pass. So you're going to be going against lighter boxes, which makes it easier for the running backs. And then you're getting all the work in the red zone. You're getting all the uh, value touches. Yep. And that's what you're seeing. And yeah. You're seeing the same thing on the other side. Exactly. I was just about to say, speaking of value touches, JT only, only really like carried the ball in the fourth quarter. And I'm sure this was due to his heavy, heavy workload last game. Mm-hmm. And them playing the best run defense in the league by DVOA, they kind of toned back his usage, which is smart for his long-term health. But he only had 16 carries, and he had some 79% of his yards in the fourth quarter, where they're just like, you know what, Carson Wentz, relax. It was 24 to 10, at, or 24 to 14 at one point. And then Carson Wentz kind of let the the Bucks back into the game, and Frank Reich was like, "All right, let's relax, let's let JT take this game over," and he did. Uh, but Tom Brady got the ball back with too much time, yep. and we've seen this story written a million times. Uh, T.Y. Hilton got in the end zone. Michael Pittman, he's <laughs> him and Carson Wentz, not only hook up for one long play game but also hook up for one long pass interference again. <laughs> and the, this this meta of underthrowing your receiver, just enough where he has to go back into the DB and draw the long pass interference, has been working all year for the Colts. And him and Michael Pittman are really good at it. Uh, Pitt, he had three or four drops really early in this game. That should have been mm. big plays. So uh, he had the 10 targets but only had four catches, that could have easily been seven for 100 in this game. Right. Yep. And that's kind of what we're used to to seeing these days. Crazy enough to say out of Michael Pittman, where it's like, yeah, we kind of expect these big games out of you. And then he had the one that Antoine Winfield just went up and over and just robbed for yeah. an interception. Yeah. Um, that's a nice catch. That's that gorgeous. But Jack Doyle was wide open all day. Yeah, yeah. All day. Devin I mean, White, Devin White got hurt. Yep. And so they just didn't have that coverage linebacker presence that they always do. And so Jack Doyle was just wide open in the middle of the field all game. Levante David can't do it all himself. Gronk, Gronk went crazy. Gronk, Gronk is back. You're right. Gronk Good. plays football. Yeah, seven for one twenty-three. Yeah. When healthy, he's a top five tight end. Yeah. Because still. he's with Tom Brady. <laughs> and and they just they think the same thoughts. Yep. Well, I don't know if Gronk thinks, but... Gronk, Gronk, Gronk knows when to, to turn around because he knows the ball is coming because all he does is, is do a little chip block and then run a seam. 
and, and Tom just dumps it right over the hands of the linebacker every single time. Something that Mike Evans needs to learn is having that mind meld with Tom because there was one that Tom Brady threw. Mike Evans was running his, like stride. a drag route, and it was, it was like the second window, and Mike Evans just didn't turn. And it hit him literally in the hand on one of the upswings yeah. on his, like, when he was running. I think and, it was the first drive of the game. Yeah. It was a perfect throw. It would have gone for a first down and kept their drive alive. And then I think they ended up punting on that. And so and Mike f- Evans is uh, almost never on the same page as Tom Brady unless it's in the red zone. Yeah, and you you see it over and over. I, I don't get how. Yeah, whether right. he's the best quarterback and Mike Evans is a top 10 receiver. It's like, how, how don't you put that? How are you not? Do they not talk to each other at all? <laughs> is it, uh, they must not. This has got to be only AB. He only talks to Antonio yeah. Brown <laughs> and Gronk. <laughs> but I don't understand how they put up. This, this has bothered me. <laughs> they put up 38 points. Yeah. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans just weren't involved yep. at all. It was all Lenny and Kronk yep. the entire game. Oh, that was annoying. Yeah, it was not too happy. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna skip Jets Houston. Zach Wilson looked okay. There we go. Um, Pittsburgh Cincinnati. This was a fun <laughs> one. A lot of Joe Mixon. Twenty-eight carries, one hundred sixty-five yards, two touchdowns. Had four catches for negative two yards, which is three point eight PPR <laughs> points. <laughs> that 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 bothers me, <laughs> but that's for another day. <laughs> T. Higgins was the guy. Uh, Jamar Chase, pretty pedestrian day. Letting Mac Jones sneak into that offense player or offense rookie of the yep. year conversation. Uh, three receptions, thirty nine yards. But yeah, T. Higgins, six receptions, one hundred fourteen yards, and a touchdown. Seems like him and Joe Mixon are kind of getting back on the same page. <laughs> Roethlisberger was just awful in, the, yeah. in this game. Big Ben was horrible. Uh, he <sighs> led a late drive where he threw it to Deontay Johnson four times, went all the way down the field, then hit Farmuth with a touchdown, uh, who then got concussed. Yep. But other than that, <sighs> it was, yeah, Mixon had 117 yards at halftime on the ground. Yep. It was it was just all day. Uh, Najee so did not have any room to work. Uh, just eight carries for 23 yards. Uh, three for five through the air for 14 yards. I just, I don't know what to make about either of these two well, teams. <laughs> Big Ben, Big Ben's done. <laughs> Let's we, just, I mean, we've been saying it. Yeah, we're, we're still there, you know. But then last week he almost... Brings them back against the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the an unnamed Bengals player was screaming, this is our division now in the tunnel after the game, uh, even though they are still a game back from the Ravens. <laughs> like, great, you beat the 5-5-1 five, five Pittsburgh Steelers, but there are bigger fish to fry in your division. Uh, and it's definitely not the Steelers who are at the bottom of the division. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they have a ground game that's working like this and their defense can be this good, and it was a Mike Hilton revenge game, 
Uh, he had a pick six in this game, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Uh, but if their defense can kind of lock up and get a get an interior pass rush going, Trey Hendrickson, I think, has seven straight games with a sack. I mean, uh, Sam Hubbard has been really good so far this mm-hmm. year too. And they have just kind of been figuring it out in the secondary, which their corners have kind of sucked with – Chidobi Awuzie, who got shipped off from Dallas. Yeah. That's how you know it's bad. Uh, Mike <laughs> Hilton, who was like the nickel corner for the Steelers. Uh, it, but they're making it work. They've been ma- making it work all year. Uh, they held Pittsburgh to 10 here. I mean, I don't know if that's this big feat. But they were really good on like in the run game. Logan Wilson has been a incredible linebacker so far this year, and it seems like he's cleaning up a lot of shortcomings because he's he's just seems like he's got ten a game, ten tackles a game, where he's just cleaning up messes. And on the Pittsburgh side, I mean Deontay Johnson does yep. it every single week, no matter what. Another fourteen targets, nine catches for ninety-five yards. It is like clockwork. Uh, that passes and Deontay Johnson. If if he didn't miss the Cincinnati game, uh, week three, he's probably top ten wide receiver. Uh, right now, he is sitting at fourteen in PPR, seventeen in standard. If he just found the end zone a couple more times, he'd easily be top ten. Yeah, I mean it because it's it's double digits. Yeah, no it's, matter what, it's fifteen plus basically every week. Yeah. In PPR, because he's getting about 10 receptions. All he needs to do is turn that into 50 yards. Like, that's easy. Mm-hmm. You'll love to see. A game that I did not love to see. The Denver Chargers game was pretty gross. I mean, Justin Herbert, one of his worst games as a pro, yeah. threw two awful interceptions. One going back to the house. Two. Uh, two Pat going Chetain back. had two. He had two pick sixes? Two pick sixes by Pat Sertain. Jesus. So Justin Herbert, easily his worst game. <laughs> I didn't realize the second one went back to the house. Jeez. So yeah. uh, Javante Williams didn't take the reins of the backfield, but he it sure uh, looked pretty good. And with, Melvin Gordon went down with the hip injury at the beginning of this game, and it was kind of like, ooh, Javante, you know, is going to maybe start getting a little more action here. But no, he ended up with the touchdown, and he got all of the receiving work. He has the highest forced missed tackle rate in the NFL up to this point. I think it was about 36% of uh, tackles attempted on him are missed. So, shout-out to Javante Williams. He's having a solid season. Got to work on vision a little bit, but, I mean, he's good in the air, and he's been good on the ground. And if he can take this backfield from Melvin Gordon, he will be a top-10 fantasy running back. But Melvin Gordon's still got 17 carries for 83 yards. So, not going to happen anytime soon. But it's a nice little one-two punch to save Javante's legs for later on. I have to correct myself. It was just one. Okay. One. I think he stepped out. All right. On the second. I was going to say. Because the one like, he had damn. was 70 yards. I, I know I've seen him in the end zone twice. Gotcha. But. Okay. So, yeah. 
but still, he threw them both right to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then T- Teddy, he got strip sacked by Joey Bosa, uh, had to leave the game, and then Drew Locke came in, <laughs> was awful. Yeah, and Teddy came back in. Derwin uh, James had one of the best interceptions I've seen this year. Kind of undercut, dove in front, and like rolled. Shout out Derwin James. He's really good. Yeah. Ball hawk. Just. And he's just, just a tackle an machine. athlete. Yeah. <laughs> just an athlete. He just does everything. Yeah. Uh, the definition of it. The safeties are the tight ends of defense. There's do linebacker sure. stuff <laughs> and coverage yeah. stuff. They're a corner and a linebacker and one. You know what I mean? Anyway. You got you got virtually nothing from the Dallas or the Denver wide receivers. At nothing all. at all. Nothing. Uh, nobody got more than three targets. Uh, <laughs> nobody got more than twenty six yards. Nobody got more than two receptions. Uh, <laughs> uh, gross. Keenan Allen, Mister Consistent, kind of like yep. Deontay Johnson. Ten Doesn't, targets, seven he, receptions, eighty five yards, no touchdown. He's the he's the new Julio. Because <laughs> Julio would never score a touchdown. Yeah. He would have these stat lines every week and just never scores a touchdown. That is Keenan Allen. Yep. Uh Austin Eckler though. He's he does gotten, score touchdowns. He's uh, inserting himself into that kind of top five, top four conversation we were having before. Yeah. Someone that I didn't mention who's been durable this year. I mean he doesn't really do much on the ground, but through the air is just so consistent. Six for eight for 68 yards and a touchdown. No matter who the quarterback has been with him, this is what he does. It's very similar to Kamara, yep. I would say. Uh, just because you're, you're looking at those receiving stats, and that's he, he takes the little swing passes, little wheel routes, and he's, like, strong. Yeah. He is muscle hamster, you know, like <laughs> Doug Martin style Yeah, when he's got the ball in his hands. So he's for being a smaller guy, he ain't easy to take down at all. And yeah. he just has a nose for the end zone. Finds his way. He sure does, and he's finally getting red zone touches, which has been kind of the story why he's never been able to vault himself into that top-tier running back conversation. I mean, he's always been kind of that PPR guy, but with the durability issues and the lack of red zone touches, so lack of touchdowns, he hasn't been able to kind of break that upper echelon. But here we are. I mean, he is getting it done. He had 21.9 in this game. He's the RB2 in PPR and standard. So getting it done through and through. Another team that seems to be getting it done quite often, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, This game was not as close as the final score looked. Uh, 36-28 over uh, Gofford and the Rams. But yeah, Rodgers, uh, that toe doesn't look like to bother him. Uh, he hit Jalen Ramsey with a filthy pump fake and then ran it into the end zone. It was That's my favorite. Dirty. <laughs> That's my dirty. favorite. He did it against and them last year. Caught, uh, I think Leonard Floyd popped him up in the air in the playoffs. Someone, game. yep. And uh, A.J. Dillon just is a monster. Yep. And he's going to just get better and better as it gets colder. He, Taylor Rapp, who is one of the better tackling safeties in the league, just he ran over him like a fifth grader 
running over a third grader at recess, just put him in the dirt like he wasn't even there. Uh, AJ, oh, man, AJ Dillon is so fun to watch. And then Tay just cooks Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Every single time. I mean, he was lined up on him. Uh, he got targeted five times at five receptions for 46 yards, which, I mean, is not crazy, but against Jalen Ramsey, that's – it's yeah. elite production. <laughs> but Aaron Jones, not too involved, coming back from the knee injury. Also not very efficient in his production. Nope. 10 carries for 23 yards. Uh, A.J. Dillon, 5 for 5 through the air yes. is what I love to see. Because getting, getting him in space against D-backs is it, a cheat it's, code. It's over. <laughs> Uh, Devontae Adams did his best Keenan Allen impression 8 for 9 for 104 yards No touchdowns Randall Cobb was involved early and often He he seems to be Rogers' guy on third down Because yep. it seems like every big third down Randall Cobb is just open After Rogers rolls out for a little while And then it's like Oh yeah, there's Randall Cobb Making some contested catch And then breaking one tackle but he went four for five for 95 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mason Crosby is still a little sketchy mm-hmm. on field goals. Two, three for four in this game. Two short ones. One from uh, 40 plus, and nailed all three extra points. But I mean, every time he goes, it just never seems like he's banging them down the middle. It's just always. Off left, he's kind of sneaking it in, you know, might doink off the the goalposts and, and fall in. It's just I not what I want to see from a kicker who's been so reliable every single game his entire career, except for like that one odd year in like 2017 or whatever it was, where it was just like he had a rut. I just, he's been so consistent, hit so many clutch kicks. You don't want to see him struggling down the stretch. None of them are clean. They like they fishtail the whole time. Yeah, so exactly. Like, like he had one that looked like it was going, it was going left, came back right, snuck back left a little bit, and then finally, <laughs> finally snuck right, right inside the left uh, upright. Aaron Rodgers but, so good. Yeah, he's nice. Though. He's having fun. Uh, yeah, he's having fun. seems like it. Then on the other side, for the LA Rams, uh, Stafford threw his third pick six in as many games. Yep. Um, but he was over 300 yards, uh, three touchdowns. He hit Van Jefferson for a bomb and Odell for a bomb, both of them that were 40-plus. Uh, Daryl Henderson, 16 carries, 55 yards, 4 for 4, 18 through the air, and a touchdown. Like we were talking with Leonard Fournette, uh, the running back on the good offense that gets all the work is going to be viable. Uh, and then Cooper Cup did his thing, as he does. Uh, 7 for 10, 96 yards. Uh, had a two-point conversion late in the game. But they just... Stafford's digging him into a hole every single game. Yep. Uh, forcing them to go away from the run, which forces them to go away from the play action, which makes the offense... A lot more difficult to to conduct, would you say? Yeah, it's it's just they get out of a positive game script immediately. Yeah, it's just like 
they if if the other team gets the ball first and goes down and scores, and then Matt Stafford is good for one turnover a game, whether yep. that's at the beginning of the game or not. But if it is early in the game and they go down and score again, you're down 14-0 just like that. And it's like, that's tough. And then mm-hmm. you got to throw out all of those Sean McVay staples where you're going Van Jefferson across the lineup and you get kind of all those ball fakes, you're under center running 12 personnel. All of that is just kind of out of the book. And it's a lot of this personnel being injured with Robert Woods, who is kind of their motion guy, a really good run blocker, really good after the catch. He could turn carries into positive yards. I mean, it's not talked about a lot, but Cam Akers was so good, so explosive. Daryl Henderson doesn't have the pop. That nope. Cam Akers has. So there's there's not that big playability on the ground, and Sonny Michelle show ain't giving that to you. And then now they add Odell, who you saw at the bomb, and Van Jefferson caught the bomb as well, where you're getting a little bit of that explosiveness in the offense, but it's just it seems that every game it's just too little too late. And now you're hearing reports of just like all the injuries Stafford has now. Yep. I, I, chronic back pain does not sound good. <laughs> that sounds sounds for like any, he's 65. For any athlete. Yeah. I mean, he had the two fractures in vertebrae when he was with Detroit. He had the neck injury with Detroit. He had a shoulder injury. I, I guess he has pain in his throwing elbow. Yep. Doesn't sound good either. He has pain in his throwing shoulder as well. So it's just... It's a lot of bad. But it's something that he's done in Detroit yep. for, for years. So you just kind of hope it's not all going to come to a head as this season goes on. Uh, especially as you know we're approaching the playoffs for fantasy football. Because you don't want to be trotting out John Wolford no. in relief of Stafford. Well, what you can bet on if Safford is playing is this kind of game where he puts up just enough, but if you have any of these receivers, you're feeling pretty good because yeah. if it gets to garbage time, obviously if you if you have Cooper Cup, you're ecstatic because he's the wide receiver one. Yeah. But if you have Odell, this is the kind of game that makes you feel pretty good where he gets the 10 targets Catches the long touchdown. Him and Stafford might start to get on the same page. That bye came at a great time mm-hmm. for them to kind of mesh. And this is kind of what we were talking about. Like, if you can buy low on somebody with Odell who's looking to move him, that that was the right time to get him because he's just going to get more involved. But even Odell, it's like he has this shoulder injury. He's holding his back limping off the field, yeah. too. It's like these are not injuries that you want to see a receiver have. This is – this is not an injury you want to see anybody have. Yeah. But he's limping off the field, and then he went and caught a sluggo for a touchdown. So it's like, if it's not affecting him much in the fantasy realm, you don't have to worry about that as a fantasy manager. But if you're a Rams fan, it's looking a little sketchy. Well, they're set up for a get-right game next week at home against Jacksonville. Um, I'm sure they will be trying to put up 40 points in the game just to get a little swagger back because uh, I think it I, they dropped three straight now 
Uh, yeah, three in a row. So, I expect them to go crazy next week. Yeah, they... Unlike Atlanta, their offense is competent. <laughs> and they will be able to nuke Jacksonville's defense. Yeah, you'll see uh, Bleacher Report posts saying, like, Odell is back with, like, the red exclamation point <laughs> <Yep>. emojis. <laughs> and it'll be Odell, you know. He he almost did the Lambo leap. He's he's this close, and then he's like, ah, I, I better not. We're down twenty. <laughs> Probably smart choice. Smart choice. He hasn't had very good good memories in Lambo. Yeah, no. But uh, another team that doesn't have good memories in Lambo, the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Forty Nine ers twenty six to thirty four. Uh, this was a, a good game on the ground from San Francisco. What's new, you know? Yep. Elijah Mitchell, 27 carries. Huge, huge workload. 133 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, 66 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, one catch for 12 yards. Uh, your boy, Brandon Ayuk, is benefiting from Debo Samuel being a running back running mainly back. because he is the wide receiver one now. Uh, he had Debo's also out with a groin strain. Yes. One to two weeks. So, so. Brandon Ayuk stocks. <laughs> they continue to rise. Continue to rise. Thank you. I'll uh, I'll keep taking my victory laps yeah, once a week. Yeah. You know. I'll keep uh, shitting on him. Yep. Uh, George Kittle is not outperforming. He did not score a touchdown this week. <laughs> nope. Unfortunately, he only had one catch for 13 yards after three straight weeks of solid fantasy production. Yep. Uh, not quite this week, but it didn't matter for the 49ers. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, still is not good. Like, it's just... Apparently, there were some reports that were not confirmed that they're going to trade him after this season, during this offseason. And I don't know who's going to, like, want Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, the Steelers... Like uh, Panthers, yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, Denver, I could see Denver. I could see Denver doing that when they because he could he can <laughs> do what Teddy does, but he can. Jimmy can at least throw it down the field. Yeah, if he had I mean, to, they're gonna try for Aaron Rodgers, and then they're not gonna do that. So then they'll do something funky like this. So yeah, I could see that. Uh, but. Big stories, Debo down with the groin. Bigger story, Delvin Cook, torn labrum. Uh, we don't have a confirmed timetable yet, but he's going to miss at least two games. Yep. Um, torn labrum is the same thing that Baker has, and he's been playing through. Obviously, it's much different for Dalvin because he's going to be taking contact on that shoulder every single play that he runs the ball, but he's also not throwing the ball. He's also not going to be landing on that shoulder every play, kind of like a quarterback does, because when the quarterback rolls out, it's kind of just him getting tackled. You don't mm-hmm. fall on bodies. You don't fall, you know, however, in the middle of a pile, a running back would fall. Whereas Dalvin, he can avoid taking hits on that shoulder one way or another. And so you, you'll be seeing Alexander Madison – Doing the thing. Yeah. 
uh, Dalvin kind of got him all the way down the field on a drive in the third, and then uh, Alexander Madison came in and uh, shark shark the touchdown. Dalvin had that screen pass on the right side. That was nice. He yep. made a lot of it. That, that reminded me. That was Kamara-ish. Yep. For, I think it was for about 24 yards. And then immediately the play after Madison came in and ran it in for a touchdown. Uh, Thielen, uh, big through the air. Uh, five for seven, 62 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, visibly frustrated. Yeah, he doesn't like Kirk. Kirk, because no one does. <laughs> uh, he was basically wide open on i think a two-point conversion I, I, we just, buried we buried the lead uh kirk cousins uh, in the, the final five minutes of this game on fourth and goal goes out to kj osborne he's like no you need to be here comes back goes under the right guard uh alexander madison comes to tap him on the hip and they have to burn a timeout because he was not under the center. Uh, I this just peak Kirk <laughs> Cousins. Peak Kirk Cousins. Find new ways to lose games every week. <laughs> and I guess the defense was thinking it was a trick play. I thought it was a trick play. I was they're like, all, oh, they're, they're gonna just... direct snap it to Madison. Oh man. Kind of like the Philly special, you know, Nick Nick Foles like walked up to the line and he was like Give it instructions, and then they yep. just direct snapped it back. And no, no, this is just Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. What a guy! Still somehow but, the quarterback nine. I mean, okay, Kirk Cousins has been pretty good this year. He's hasn't. Yeah, I think he's like twenty-four to a three interception. 20, twenty-three to three. Yeah, yeah. twenty-three so, to three. I mean, that's really good. He's been efficient. Uh, he doesn't win you games, but he's the high end of that of, the, of that game manager kind of quarterback, where he'll supplement Adam Thielen and Jeff and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. He does enough, and he just doesn't win you games. He's not gonna win you a game, <laughs> ever. And I mean, Justin Jefferson makes him look better <laughs> yep. in a lot of cases, just with the after the catch work. Justin Jefferson will win you a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. But, but Kirk Cousins is not going to be the one like throwing Justin Jefferson open. <laughs> Something you may never see again. <laughs> like, intentionally, the quarterback. Yeah, lining up. <sighs> not under center. I See, I did that once. In when I so let, let me finish. Let me finish. This sounds bad, but I I walked up and you know our, our good friend Tyler is our center. Yep. So I walk up and I look down and I'm like, oh, that's not the center. And so I took the step to the side and then took the snap. It's like you know who your center is. the The line is five people wide. It's five massive people, and then a tight end. So like I don't know. Okay. That must not be the rule in college. Because the Badger Gopher game, they the the Gophers ran a play at the goal line where it was the guard, then the center, and then a guard, and then tackle, tackle, tight end. Interesting. Yeah. I was full overload. Yeah. And I was like, can 
can they Could do they that? Is that a thing? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, why wouldn't rules. you do that more? Right. Because you, then you could just do play action. All of a sudden, that DN crashes yeah, next to right. the <laughs> your, your, your left guard. And then all of a sudden, you are literally just walking in. Wow. No, yeah, I had no idea. That's fun. You can do some weird stuff in college, though. I Which remember, makes no sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you just have the same rules? I. This is something that's always bothered me. Why, I, I'll save for my heat check. We'll save for my heat All check. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll rant oh. about that. But All right, we can move on to the weirdest game of the decade, the, where there was a stretch where there were three plays in a row where the Browns put 12 men on the field, <laughs> uh, only got flagged for it once, and then there's another stretch in this game where there was an interception – or no, there was a Jarvis Landry a got strip sacked, <laughs> and then an interception, then a field goal, then an interception, then an interception. That's the actual play summary. Like that's yes. what happened in real life, <laughs> in a real game. Not this is not Madden. This is real life. So just a fucking wild game, and uh, it's just what like what happened? What I feel like I made this game up in my head <laughs> this up until this game when a quarterback threw four interceptions the team was 0-41 yeah shout <laughs> out Baker for breaking that streak because <laughs> he yeah. sucks but yeah Lamar four interceptions uh, just one touchdown only 165 uh, yards through the air, 17 for 68 on the ground. And they, they win 16 to 10 because for some reason Cleveland doesn't know how to score points anymore. So Patrick Queen was one of the best players on the field last night and was just clogging up every run. And he was just flying. I mean, not to be outdone, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa on the other side also was making every play. But – Patrick Queen won the game because him and Tyus Bowser were just flat out. I mean, their D line on top of that was just dominant. They, they pushed around the Browns offensive line, which doesn't happen much, but Conklin went down with a torn patella. He's done for the season. Mm-hmm. He was probably their most important offensive lineman in the run game. And so that makes me a little bit nervous, but Cleveland has a bye next week, and then they play Baltimore again. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> how? <laughs> Who makes the schedule? <laughs> yeah, there's there's weird. I mean, you've got the the Eagles in Washington play each other in a three week span. I think, I think Dallas might play like Philly and the Giants four weeks straight. Yeah just opposite of each well, other I, I i understand loading the the division games at the end of the year but like it was always you kind of sprinkled in the division games towards the beginning of the year and then and you then, loaded you like played your division game one two three four yeah. at the last four weeks now it's just like oh we're playing all the division games in the last eight weeks of the season <laughs> but good luck 
<laughs> just decided that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, just so you know, playoffs implications are going to be extremely ambiguous <laughs> until week <Yeah>. 15. <laughs> and then uh, we'll start to figure it out then. So, speaking of playoff implications, uh, this the, the Ravens, with this win, take the top of the division, knock the Browns down to third. Uh, this division, every position is decided by one game Ravens are eight and three Bengals are seven and four Browns are six and six Steelers are five and five so if any team and goes one. on a skid and any team goes on a win streak they could easily just take this division yeah it's it's it changes every week yeah it seems like it has changed since the season started every single yeah. week for a while it was like ooh, Bengals, interesting and then it's mm-hmm. like, and, and like early on, it was the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> so Jarvis Landry on his birthday had his best day of the season, six catches for 111 yards. Uh, Mark Andrews just got funneled the ball. Uh, four of the interceptions that uh, all of the four interceptions <laughs> all of all of were targets to Mark Andrews. Uh, well, they were. One was. Well, it was. One was to to Bateman. Yeah, was tipped, landed by Mark. Andrews. Yeah, they're kind of in the same spot. They ran the same yeah. route, so they they credit it to Mark Andrews, but yeah, yeah. So just a pretty disgusting game. Yeah, but kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> chaos, chaos. I guess <laughs> very chaos. Uh, we're through a half of Washington, Seattle, another gross game (laughs) where Russell Wilson is still clearly not healthy. Uh, Taylor Heineke is Taylor Heineke. Uh, I'm not sure what the fantasy situations are in this game. I'm sure there isn't much going on. Gerald Everett has been pretty involved. He's got two catches for 14 yards and a touchdown. Not that involved. Uh, Lockett. Uh, he's, he's got the touchdown for the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, Lockett is three for four for 96 yards. He caught one deep pass down the left side. Uh, obviously not watching very closely. Yeah, J.D. McKissick Alex, caught a screen for a touchdown. Alex Collins is pretty bad. Yes. He's yeah. bad. That's why they got to get Cordero. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm all in. Uh, Logan Thomas. He's back. Uh, back from the hamstring injury. Yep. Good to see. Uh, two catches for 19 yards so far. Uh, Joey Sly had a field goal blocked. Uh, or an extra point blocked. Extra point. And then he pulled yeah. his hamstring trying to chase down the guy that recovered the, the extra point. So Never Washington may not be uh, with a kicker. Oh, man. You gotta give Pat a call. <laughs> get Mac, get Mac out there. Yeah. Oh man! But I think that's all we got for the games. Uh, do you got a heat check? I'll, I'll let I'll let you you go ahead. So, like you said before, college football sucks. What? <laughs> huh? I I just I don't understand why there's rule differences for different levels. And this stems back to a speech I gave uh, in one of my classes where I was talking about the high school shot clock. 
where it's like, why does every high school not have a shot clock requirement? Because you're not preparing mm-hmm. these these kids to play real basketball. Like, you can play possession basketball. Like, two years ago, a game ended literally 4-2. to two. A team scored, and then the other team held the ball for the rest of the half because they're like, they had played four games that week. Both teams had already played four games that week, which is wild. Uh, but the coach just decided, hey, we're going to hold the ball. And the other coach was like, sure, that's fine. We're all tired too. And so they held the ball. They made a layup at the end of the half. And then the other team scored at the end of the next half. So it was literally 4-2. to two. And so I don't understand why there's – I, I actually do understand. I did a lot of research on this because obviously it was a school project where yep. there's money problems and so on and so forth. But there's fundraising that can be done to install shot clocks. And refs have to be retrained every year in order to enforce shot clock rules. They could just add that into the yearly training because new rules happen every year anyway. New nuances of the game where it's like, Trey Young and his offensive kind of flopping and James Harden kind of they are focusing on that and it happens in the NFL too where now it's a taunting penalty and they have to focus on that so you look at it and it's like you have to get one foot down in college you have to get one foot down in high school you have to get two feet down in the NFL why not just prepare them for the next level by having them get two feet down in college I get in high school because there's such a disparity in the athletes but in college it's especially in division one you're preparing to go to the nfl why are you not having the same rules and why and then the nfl can also learn from college and take their overtime because it's far superior but that's another story for another day but it's just like i i forgot what even got me on this rant but out of bounds getting two feet down should be a thing in Division one NCAA and shot clocks should be in high school. Thirty five second shot clocks. Is the college shot clock? I, I think it's thirty. Because I mean, for a while it was forty. Yeah, that's and too it was, long. And it was still like that's yeah, that was exactly. that's that was like, changed two years ago. That was damn near twice the length. Yes. of the shot clock. It's, and it's like you can do. You can do so much more in a high school possession. Like, think about how many passes you can do in a high school possession against a bad team. Like, yeah. the the bad teams just get stomped with no shot clock because it's like you can just do 30, 40 passes until somebody's wide open. But mm-hmm. if you have a shot clock, it keeps games competitive because you got a 35 seconds to make a play. I'm, that's still a long time, long enough time for teams to distinguish themselves because – They'll still be better, and so I don't. Know. That's my 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 rant about shot clocks that stemmed from something about football. Oh, we were talking about how. Oh, the O line. That's the, right, the O line. Yeah, was, and I don't know that rule specifically, so I, I'm not going to rant about that. But there's just a lot of rules that I don't understand why they're not the same across levels, and it it's the the feet down in the, the division one because. These guys eventually usually can do it in general. Like, 
If you look at CeeDee Lamb, he's got no problem getting toe taps. <laughs> you look yeah. at Terry McLaurin, he's got no problem getting the toe taps. They, these guys that go to the big schools like Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, you know, they these these talents, they're like elite at getting their toes down. It doesn't matter if it's one or two. So distinguish your athletes. Have them get two down. It'll be fine. So that's my that's my heat check, a little rant. We gotta find a way to get rid of the underthrown pass interference. Yeah, like how? How can you? If you're face guarding a guy and you're stuck on him like glue, and that ball just gets underthrown, and all of a sudden the receiver stops, like, what do you do as a DB? Yeah. What like they say you have, you have no exactly. tell to turn your head. Because all of a sudden the guy just stops running and yep. starts running toward you. Because that's like, it, that yeah, I I agree. It's like, it's like you're playing perfect defense all the way down the field, and then this guy just stops on a dime, and you cannot anticipate that. <laughs> you cannot anticipate and. You're not exactly turning, so as a as a corner you're trained to like watch the hips, you know, stick in his back pocket, force him to the sideline, whatever. And then once he turns his head, you're supposed to turn your head. And so if you don't turn your head exactly when he turns his head, then it's pass interference. Just straight up. It's gonna be. And mm-hmm. last night in the Browns game, John Johnson had a pick where he pass interfered but then he turned around and he got the pick and it's like why isn't that pass yeah. interference when he did the same thing because it was a underthrown ball he ran into him but then he turned around and got in the interception so now it's not pass interference like why why does mm-hmm. turning your head all of a sudden make it not pass interference when you're doing the same thing i don't i guess that that's where i get confused it's the whole the whole if you you're making a play on the ball, you have the right yeah. to make a play on the ball, you know, type of thing. But it's just it seems like such a hole that for some it was never a thing until yeah, this year. And and it, it just seems keeps like, happening. Like teams are trying to exploit it where they're taking more shots because they know that the refs are gonna call it. And yeah, a lot of the times they are under throwing it, and that's like the Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman thing that w- that I, I kind of mentioned, and you touched on earlier, where it's like, yeah, cool, they hooked up again on another pass interference, like another fifty yards, and that's the, <laughs> the play that decided the the Raiders Cowboys game, and that obviously was clearly pass interference, yeah. but it was a similar situation where he kind of never turned his head, and uh, yeah. Hey, Jordan Brooks is really good. The, the linebacker? Yeah. Yeah. He's making all the tackles, huh? Yeah, he just planted DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter? You hear his name a lot? Yep. <laughs> That's wide receiver, too. <laughs> that, yeah. Curtis Samuel's back, and DeAndre Carter's still getting touches. No, no Gandy Golden? Even around still? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Pour one out for my boy. I think he's on a practice squad. Uh, 
You know, Travis Fulgham has a, a betting podcast now. <laughs> All right. He's just out of the league. He's just, he just does a betting podcast now. enough. He does like a live show before the games. <laughs> it's pretty good. I didn't listen to it, but I just thought it was funny. Well, good for him. But I believe, ooh, Antonio Gibson getting some catches. Uh, I believe that's everything that we have for you. On this edition of the Firestarters Podcast, episode 25, a quarter of 100. That is pretty solid so far. Um, hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving, and we will talk at you next time. Bye. Bye.